So some of the national media goobers who are finally realizing the Pac-12 is not going to be not just not better than the Big 12, but not what it was. They're starting to wake up and smell the roses. And if you are on this show, if you were a part of this show at any point the last few weeks, you knew this before the likes of Stuart Mandel at The Athletic, who has continued to carry the water of the Pac-12. But we've been shooting you straight. We've been telling you what's actually going on. And now they're finally coming around to the idea that the Pac-12 is not likely to be saved. It's certainly not likely to be saved by San Diego State and SM freaking you. Are you kidding me? By the way, good to be with you on Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. I've got my Chiefs gear on, ready for the big game later today. Fired up for that. So uh, I know many of you will be watching, but if you're listening after the fact, I'm saying go Chiefs, and I feel pretty good saying go Chiefs. I do. I do, I do, I do. If you're listening Monday morning, though, uh, don't hold it against me, no matter when's, what ends up happening later today. So, um, Stuart Mandel, The Athletic, wrote this piece late last week. And the headline of the piece is, What We're Hearing on Pac-12 Expansion, SMU, The Big 12, and More. Now, I'm going to share some of what Stuart Mandel wrote here. And the reason that I'm saying this is because a lot of this is stuff that we have told you on this show on our website, YouTube, podcast. You've heard it if you've consumed our content over the last few weeks. And by the way, our content's free. The Athletic is charging you for this insight that we gave to you weeks ago. So here's part of what The Athletic writes and reports. Three people with knowledge of the discussion say that Commissioner, Pac-12 Commissioner, George Klievkov, is struggling to find partners willing to pay close to what the league is seeking. Two of those sources say Klievkov overpromised his members on how many bidders there would be and what dollar amount they could command, a target north of $40 million per school. Today, it's uncertain whether the Pac-12 will even be able to exceed the $31.6 million average the Big 12 landed in a six-year extension with ESPN and Fox last fall. So we told you all of this stuff in the last couple of weeks. The Pac-12 had overpromised its members. The market for the Pac-12 was not there like what Commissioner George Klievkov thought it was going to be. And Brett Yormark took the Big 12 to the market early. They got a deal done early. And now the Pac-12 is left standing with a bag. And there is no legitimate suitor out there for them. At least no one that's going to pay $40 million a school. Are you kidding me? You paying $40 million for Oregon State? I mean, listen, I understand the Big 12 lost its two blue bloods as well, but the Big 12 reacted quickly, acted quickly, added valuable national programs like BYU, quality regional programs, Cincinnati, Houston, and tapped into the Florida market as well in the process in one of the fastest growing areas of the country in the Orlando market. With what I believe is UCF, which has the most undergraduates of any major university in this country. So they were targeted about it. They were smart about it. The Athletic goes on the report, Klievkov made some key miscalculations. Oh, you don't say. You don't say Klievkov made some key miscalculations. Of course he did. He said last uh, at last summer's Pac-12 Media Day, he suggested the Big Ten's pending jackpot would have a ripple effect on the Pac-12. 
Then he says the Pac-12, by contrast, has found fewer bidders since going to the open market. Fox, for one, has expressed little interest now that the Los Angeles schools are part of its prized Big Ten package, and CBS and NBC are set in college football for the next several years. Klyovkov also sounded certain last summer his league would be next in line after the Big Ten because its deal was up a year earlier than the Big 12s. But Big 12 counterpart Brett Yormark outflanked him, convincing existing partners ESPN and Fox to open up negotiations a year early. Whereas Klyovkov drew out the process by taking his rights to the market, Yormark reached an extension of the current contract within a couple of months, and the Big 12's agreement may have provided its own ripple effect on negotiations by unofficially setting a ceiling. This is all stuff we've told you, we've talked to you about the last couple of weeks. The Big 12 beat the Pac-12 at its own game, and the market for the Pac-12 in a recessionary time, which this first quarter is an advertising, potential recessionary concerns on the horizon for the rest of the year, and not a lot of need necessarily for the Pac-12 games outside of that 10 o'clock Eastern time start. What's the juice? What's the appeal? If I'm a Pac-12 school, I am running so far from this conference. I am running into the arms of the Big 12. That's what I'm doing. If I'm Arizona, if I'm Arizona State, if I'm even Oregon and Washington, I don't think Oregon and Washington are going to get the Big Ten invite like they thought they were going to get. Kevin Warren's gone as commissioner. They don't know who their next commissioner is going to be right now. I just don't see it. And I possibly see a future, and this is years down the road, where there are essentially three power conferences, the SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12. You may say, whoa, 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 ACC. Whoa. Listen, the Big 12, and I wouldn't put it past Brett Yormark, it hasn't gotten a lot of attention. But if you don't think Brett Yormark has reached out to ACC schools, Florida State, legitimate football programs, seeing what their interest is, Miami, whoever else it might be, he'd be foolish not to, and I guarantee you he has. At what level, at what capacity, I don't know. Um, But I guarantee you just some at least mild conversations have taken place, and it may not be for this year. It may be laying the foundation for three years from now. But I wouldn't be shocked one bit if in 10 years, the college football landscape is basically the power three. The SEC, the Big Ten, and the Big 12 especially if Brett Yormark is in charge of this league and Brett Yormark clearly has a vision on things he's going to do and how quickly he's going to get those things done, he can do it. He can do it. He can achieve it. And the storyline here is as much as I have been incredibly optimistic and incredibly positive about Brett Yormark and what he's done for this league, and it's been wildly impressive. Oftentimes, it's like when you're going up against a really bad team in whatever the sport is, right? Let's be honest, until this past year, if you played Kansas football, your team looked a lot better than it actually was. Just how it went. I mean, unless you were Texas and you're losing to them two years ago, but neither here nor there. Uh, If you were a Big 12 team and you were playing Kansas up until this past year, your team probably looked better than it was. Brett Yormark is a great commissioner. But the fact that he's also being compared in terms of the last few months and how each conference reacted and acted to George Klyovkov, I mean, he looks like God's gift to uh, commissioners is what he looks like. And he's really good. I'm not taking anything away from the guy. But let's be honest. You put Brett Yormark next to 
George Klyovkov, it's not even close. These guys are not in the same stratosphere in terms of navigating the college landscape, understanding the moment, and seizing the moment. Neither guy had college sports experience, right? Klyovkov was what, an MGM guy? Your uh, mark was an NBA guy. They both came down to the college ranks. They both had similar goals and similar mindsets and were in similar positions as of this last summer. And your mark just ran circles around him. And by the way, George had what, a year ahead start on the guy? So it just goes to show you that when you look at where we're at right now with these conferences, the Pac 12 is a sinking ship. And it is sinking very, very fast. And I don't see the lifeboats out there to save them. If you think it's SMU, you're crazy. If you think it's uh, San Diego State, you're nuts. And I like San Diego State. I don't mind SMU. I made the case years ago when the Big 12 was considering expanding in, what, 16-17. I said, you know what? Just lock down the state of Texas. Get Houston. Get SMU. That's what I made the case for a bunch of years ago. Now, this was a different world, different environment, different climate, but I made that pitch. It's not like I'm anti-SMU, but SMU is not saving the Pac-12, saying we've got the Dallas-Fort Worth media market, please. TCU is, you know, defending, I was going to say Big 12 champs, but technically that's not true, Uh, defending, you know, national champion runner-ups, and they don't get enough media coverage in that market because it's a pro sports town. You think SMU is going to get the attention? Come on. No, it's not. We all know that. So the Pac-12 adding SMU and saying, oh, we're in a top five market, that's a joke. That is an absolute joke. You'd be better off with Wichita State. I know it's a market that's number 60-something or 70-something, but in terms of the passion locally, uh, you, you know, you're splitting hairs at that point. So uh, it has been quite a turn of events these last few months, and it's nice of The Athletic to finally admit what we've been telling you for like the last several weeks, but they were last to the party because the people that run the operation, most notably Stu Mandel and some others, I mean, they, for whatever reason, had uh, such an infatuation with the big with the Pac-12 and what they thought that conference was capable of, they couldn't see what was actually happening in front of their face. They didn't realize what was happening right in front of them because they didn't want to realize what was happening right in front of them. Oh, the Big 12, they've always been on the verge of extinction. They're in the heartland. They're in, you know, middle America. They're not going to beat out the almighty West Coast Pac-12. Stanford, Washington, Oregon, they're not going to beat them. Oh, they did. And they did it convincingly. Convincingly. And it wasn't all that close. All right. uh, I got to talk about this slate of basketball yesterday and much more as we roll through the show here. Before we do that, uh, as you can see on my shirt, I am fired up for the Super Bowl. We got the Chiefs here. Hopefully getting a win today. And by the way, I know you're ready for the game. And uh, DraftKings is the sponsor of this show, the official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. And they've got all the action you need. New customers bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. So if you're a new customer, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use our code HCS, Heartland College Sports. New customers bet $5 on Super Bowl 57. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. 
All you do is check the app every day between 6 and 9 p.m. Eastern and see what prop bets are going to be boosted. So download the app. Use our code HCS only at DraftKings Sportsbook. HCS, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Ah, some of you guys going with the Eagles today. I know some of you are going to hear this after the fact, but I've got Chiefs 27, Eagles 24. There you go. That's my prediction. I'll either look like a genius or a fool for those of you listening on Monday morning. Let's talk Big 12 basketball. Uh, Saturday slate, my, my dream did not come to fruition. I wanted to see a five-way tie atop the Big 12 come Sunday or Saturday night. That is not what we got. And that's because Texas just absolutely manhandled uh, West Virginia. I, You know, the Mountaineers have been playing some good basketball, but uh, that game was not close start to finish. And as a result, uh, Texas still in solid first place in the Big 12. Now, I'm not sitting here taking anything away from Texas. Rodney Terry is a guy to me that should be a front runner for National Coach of the Year because of what he walked into. You take over for a coach who is supposed to be the guy that's going to take a team to the promised land, huge expectations, the way the Chris Beard firing and drama went down, that's hard to walk into. And Rodney Terry has done it. And he's had a fairly seamless transition as well in the process. And it's been a heck of a lot of fun to watch. And I've enjoyed, you know, just seeing him have the success that he has had. And frankly, I would have no interest in John Calipari. First off, Calipari, gosh, talk about continuing to underwhelm. It's becoming embarrassing there at Kentucky. So Texas has a one-game lead over Baylor and Kansas for first place in the Big 12. Um, But... Yesterday, if Texas had lost and Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, and Iowa State had won, you would have had a five-way tie at the top of the Big 12 for first place. But that's not what we have. But we still have, with just a few weeks left, what, three weeks left in the regular season, we've got six teams. No, let me get that right. Yes, six teams within two games of each other. Think about that. Six teams in the Big 12 within two games of each other with three weeks left in the season. Texas, Baylor, Kansas, Kansas State, Iowa State, Oklahoma State. It's ridiculous. And you could say seven teams within three games of each other because TCU is sitting there at 6-6 uh, six and six in league play, but I'll take them out of the mix because of injuries and whatnot. I, I don't think that's all that realistic. Um, but you look at this conference right now, it is beyond stacked. And Saturday was another example of that. Now, Bob Huggins, I got to say this. You know, I love Bob Huggins. Bob Huggins is great for media. But he's done a lot of complaining here the last um, few weeks, it seems like, especially this season, about the travel in the Big 12, how much more difficult it is for his team. Um, he said last night, the other leagues, the other teams in this league have no idea. They complain about coming to Morgantown, but they have no idea what we go through. And part of what he was referring to was the fact that, you know, they got to travel 850 miles for the closest road game. Okay, that's true, but that's been the case for a long time, and Bob Huggins has had really good teams in the Big 12. So it just, I mean, it's kind of an excuse for every time his team plays like crap on the road, he's like, oh, we had a long road trip. Okay, you always did. And you've had really good teams the last 10 years. You can't just blame these struggles magically now on the fact that you got to go a long way for the game. 
So I, I, it's becoming uh, a convenient excuse, it seems like, for Bob Huggins. And listen, his team looks like it's going to make the big dance unless they collapse down the stretch. They should make the NCAA tournament, and they're worthy of being an NCAA tournament team. But that, that's just, I mean, I, I, I'm tired of hearing that. Um, Kansas blows out Oklahoma. That game was somewhat tight halfway through, and then uh, really end of the first half, Kansas got a big three-pointer at the buzzer and uh, rolled that one in the second half. Oklahoma State, my goodness, coming back in that second half on a big run to beat Iowa State. Mike Boynton has had Iowa State's number. It's amazing to watch. For whatever reason, Mike Boynton loves playing the Cyclones. He does very well against Iowa State. And when you think about what this team has done and where they are right now, and they are the hottest team in the Big 12, I would make the case without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, Mike Boynton's doing yeoman's work in Stillwater, and he's doing it without Avery Anderson as well. They ended Iowa State's 12-game home winning streak yesterday in the process, and wow, it has been a heck of a lot of fun to watch this team under Mike Boynton turn this season around and do it very quickly. I mean, that, that's a team, I, I don't know, they, they are not going to beat you in a track meet. But they play some of the best defense in this conference, hands down. And now they've won five in a row. They've won seven of their last eight. I mean, they are just rolling. And now that goes into a Tuesday night matchup in Stillwater against Kansas at home. I, that place, Gallagher-Iba better be popping on Tuesday night. I know it's Valentine's Day. None of you. You tell the girlfriend, you tell the wife, hey, we're going to the game. We'll take you out on Friday. I'll take you out on Wednesday. You cannot miss that game. One of the big letdowns to me has been the home crowd at Oklahoma State basketball games. I know Gallagher I was too big. You know, the thing was built in the peak of the Eddie Sutton years before the Oklahoma City Thunder came into the state and kind of took over basketball. I understand that. But please pack that place on Tuesday night, Oklahoma State fans. Challenge. That fan base needs to challenge itself to show up to support this team that is worthy of your support because, damn, they're playing good hoops. And they are worthy of your support. And, I mean, if they keep on this pace, you know, (laughs) depending on what happens Monday between Texas Tech and uh, Texas, I mean, Oklahoma State could go into the weekend a game out of first place in the Big 12. Think about that for a second. So show up, Oklahoma State fans. Show up in a big way. Then you've got Texas Tech. I mean, pulling off an upset against Kansas State. Uh, they're you know winning their second game in league play. It was in uh, Lubbock. Boy, did Mark Adams need that one. I understand a lot of the fan base is kind of fed up with Adams. I don't think he's going anywhere. I don't think he should go anywhere. And you know he got himself a good win, and they've won three of five games. And over that stretch, the only team they got blown out by was Baylor. They nearly beat Oklahoma State in Stillwater last week. So, like, Texas Tech's not a bad team. It's been a rough year. It's been a weird year with, you know, injuries and whatnot, but not a bad team. Now, Kansas State's starting to worry me here. Kansas State feels a little bit like Iowa State last year, where they came out of nowhere the first half of the season. They shocked the college basketball world, and now they're kind of either reverting to the median or uh, 
kind of fading, getting tired. I don't know what the perfect word would be, but they've lost three of four. They've lost four of six. Um, and, you know, there's been some tough losses in there as well. The game at Kansas was tough. Uh, the game last night was difficult. And, you know, some of them are close. Texas, Iowa State, but still, a loss is a loss. And I want to see if they can get this thing back on track. They go to Oklahoma on Tuesday. That's the perfect team, let's be honest, to get back on track against. And then Baylor in the one top 25 matchup of the day, Baylor beat TCU. And Baylor is quietly uh, in a very good spot in this conference after also having some earlier season struggles. You know, they're in a great place right now. Think about how Baylor started off Big 12 play. They were 0-3 to start off Big 12 play. Since then, they're 8-1. and one. And I feel like we're not talking enough about Baylor and what they've been able to do. So uh, Baylor's right back in the mix. We talk about Texas and Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State, and I think we're all kind of forgetting about Baylor. And Baylor's a team you do not want to forget about Baylor right now. And they've got a really interesting stretch here coming up. After West Virginia on Monday night, they have three ranked teams in a row, at Kansas, at Kansas State, home to Texas. That is going to define, in large part, how this Big 12 race shapes up down the home stretch. So a lot of excitement in this league. I'm Pete Mundo, heartlandcollegesports.com. Subscribe on YouTube. Thank you for being here on the podcast. Please do rate, review, subscribe. We'll get you hooked up with a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave me a rating and a review on iTunes and send me a screenshot to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. Thank you for all you guys do sharing the show, sharing what we're doing every single day, spreading our content around Big 12 country. So great to be here with you. Enjoy the Super Bowl, and we'll talk to you soon on heartlandcollegesports.com. Take care.